the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back as we head into Hour 3. I am Seth Leibson. I don't have a really good way of opening this except to say when I read the front page of the Arizona Republic this morning, I was immediately put in mind of the Rudyard Kipling poem, If. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you but make allowances for their doubting too, if you can wait and not be tired by waiting or being lied about, don't deal in lies. That last part, dealing in lies. The story is about, wait for it, COVID coming back. Might we distill a few things? The Arizona, probably, Arizona Republic probably assumes you are too dumb to know, but in their defense may actually be about their reporters being too, too dumb to ask the right questions and edit themselves before they go to print. Perhaps their editors, the adults, are too dumb there to know what to edit. Maybe word salads are all they think you are worthy of and that their job is just to string words together in a sentence whether they make logical sense or not. I mean, after all, we have a president commander in chief who can't even do that. And nobody's hair seems to be on fire. Everyone is just going to the parade to see the emperor in his drapery. First, we must frighten and panic. That is the order of the day. So the headline, Arizona Republic today, top of fold, quote, it's definitely a surge. What to know about COVID in Arizona, close quote. So to the story, first paragraph, reinfections are up and so are cases and people who have been fully vaccinated and boosted, close quote. So right off, think about that. Fully vaccinated and boosted people are getting infected or reinfected. Makes you wonder at all take a beat at all as to whether the government was lying to you about vaccines and boosters. If a year ago I said, or you said, vaxxed and boosted people are getting infected at record rates, you'd be censored. It'd be considered misinformation. The Republic then quotes an expert, a professor, a doctor saying, quote, it is spreading everywhere, close quote. Well, that all calm people down and not exercise or exacerbate tensions. Let me just tell you, it's not everywhere. It's not in this studio. It's not in my home. It's no more everywhere than everyone was kung fu fighting. No, everyone was not kung fu fighting. And no, COVID is not everywhere. But what may be fun and clever in a popular song is neither fun nor smart in public epidemiology and public safety. Panic is not usually what you're looking for. Unless, of course, we're going back to the ethos that we're on the eve of destruction and it's the end of the world as we know it. Again, perhaps okay for popular music lyrics, not so much for translating into public policy. Unless, of course, that is where you get your public policy cues and clues from. The idea that we all must be doing terribly all the time, and by we I mean Americans in America, so much the easier to A, upend a party that thinks we are a fundamentally good country, and B, to radically and fundamentally transform what we have, which used to be calm and order. Today, the desire seems to be for Thunderdome. 
The problem is 2020 and 2021 was Thunderdome. We are now aping less of the music industry and more of the movie industry. Thunderdome had a sequel beyond Thunderdome. And so, too, evidently must COVID. Let's try and gin up the hysteria again. So much the better to cage and cabin and coerce those who refuse to consent to the notion we are a sick society and that all is about to collapse. But if you are patient enough to read below the opening paragraphs of Fright, you get this sentence about the current variant. Quote, Less clear is whether BA5, that's the variant, will manifest in more serious illness than prior versions of the virus. Close quote. You know, the prior versions that took out the obese and the aged. Why this story isn't in AARP and every fitness and health and housekeeping magazine, I don't know. But then again, if something is not clear at all, why the panic? Why the top of the fold front page? Then we get this from the newspaper of record. Quote, it's frustrating for patients because they're often surprised to be reinfected, close quote, said Natasha Bouyan, a family physician based in Phoenix and a national medical director for One Medical. Quote, they often don't believe they have COVID, close quote. Imagine that. The disease is so bad, people are surprised to learn they even have it. Let's do some more, because man, oh man, I swear that is deja vu all over again. Quote, Arizonans who have been vaccinated are getting COVID-19, too. LeBaire, in spite of being fully vaccinated and having two booster doses, tested positive for the COVID-19 virus for the first time on June 25th. LeBaire is another expert they're talking about. Arizonans who have been vaccinated are getting COVID-19, too. This was something you could not point out last year also. Now, at least I guess if you are the corporate medium, you have a visa to print the obvious. But wait for the best part. Masks. Here we go again. The last thing I thought would be back, but they are, with an interesting Mad Max sequel twist. But hold that thought for a moment, because first we have a real vaccine and truth problem. Tell me if this scans for you. Let me quote directly again from the newspaper of record in Arizona. Bear with me. Quote, data from May shows that 25.6% of cases, 24.9% of hospitalizations, and 19.2% of COVID-19 deaths were among fully vaccinated people without a booster, with much of the rest among unvaccinated people. Fully vaccinated people with a booster made up 36.4% of reported cases, 31.5% of hospitalizations, and 26% of deaths in May. Close quote. Now, you don't have to follow that exactly, because I'll spell it out for you, but I wanted it on the record. I hope you got it. If you didn't, let me say it again. Fully vaccinated people with boosters made up a third of hospitalizations and over a quarter of deaths. Okay. But they tell us a 19% who are fully vaxxed but without a booster are dying from COVID. So you have a better chance of living if you get COVID if you are not boosted. To repeat, using the Arizona Republic's numbers, those without a booster die less than those with one, and they hospitalize less as well. But you must get boosted, of course. And we are now pushing those boosters not just on children. You know what would help everyone understand this better? If breakthrough hospitalizations and deaths were actually reported on the CDC or Arizona DHS dashboards. They aren't. The CDC stopped reporting it over a year ago because the vaccines were proving 
Well, they were proving to be inconvenient to the talking point that this was a disease of the unvaccinated. It wasn't, and it isn't. Some states do report this stuff, and for instance, in Illinois, where they do, over 4,500 people have died from COVID, having been fully vaccinated and boosted. Do you know what that means? It means a lot, but it means this. Four times as many Illinois residents who were fully vaxxed and boosted died compared to all children under the age of 18 across the entire country. A A disease of the unvaxxed my foot. A disease that requires closing schools and canceling all school and after school activity and when reopened required children to be vaxxed and now boosted. Do you understand who the real idiots are here? doing fundamental and long-term damage to the notion of science, medicine, public health, education, and mental health. This is fundamental public policy malpractice. And I thought I knew something about what we called mass torts in law school. This is one big, huge, massive tort. Will there be any apologies or rethinking? Nope. Onward we must frighten, and onward we must boost. Now, my favorite part of the story, work with me here. I must quote the record directly from the newspaper of record. Quote, last week, the Centers for Disease Control and Infection updated its community-level guidance and designated nine Arizona counties, including the most populous, Maricopa County, at the high level, which meant face masks were recommended in indoor areas. On Thursday, the CDC downgraded that guidance, leaving only Navajo, Mojave, and Apache counties as the high level, while the rest are either medium or low. Maricopa County was downgraded to medium, which means face masks aren't recommended in public places indoors, except for certain vulnerable people and people who have a household or social contact with someone at high risk for severe disease. But the CDC, as of Thursday, was still categorizing 87% of counties in the U.S., including all counties in Arizona, as having high levels of community transmission of the virus that causes COVID-19, close quote. Got that? Last week, let me recap, last week, Maricopa was in the danger zone, red, high community spread. By Thursday, it wasn't, unless you ask the CDC, whose website still says it is. How in the wild, wild world of sports is the science or data you can use? We are at DEFCON 1 for part of the week, but only part, but really the whole week. And still we are, if you follow the CDC. You know what would be better when three contradictory things are all supposed to be true or news? Take a beat, and how about not reporting it? Three contradictory things cannot be true. Take a beat. Stop. Just stop. You can't put contradictory information out in the same story, never mind the same paragraph, and just expect us to all work it out for ourselves. But in this age and day, evidently, you really can This is where I must quote Vaclav Havel in his piece on why the green grocers were forced to put signs in their windows affirming their commitment to the Marxist governments in the 1970s and 1980s. Quote, the regime is captive to its own lies. It must falsify everything. It falsifies the past. It falsifies the present. And it falsifies the future. It falsifies statistics. It pretends not to possess an omnipotent and unprincipled police apparatus. It pretends to respect human rights. It pretends to persecute no one. It pretends to fear nothing. It pretends to pretend nothing. Individuals need not believe all these mystifications, 
but they must behave as though they did. Close quote. Now to the mask part. We get two experts in this story. One is a local physician, and in this Arizona Republic story is another one. One doctor, Farshad Fani Marvasti, a Phoenix physician and director of public health at the University of Arizona College of Medicine in Phoenix. The local physician states, quote, masks actually continue to be our best weapon in preventing the spread of COVID. That is tough because a lot of places you go now, people aren't wearing masks indoors. This is a highly contagious variant, and it really will continue to take a layered approach to avoid COVID, close quote. Masks are the best now. How long ago was it that vaccines were the best? Now it's masks. We're back to masks. Okay. But Dr. Marvosti of the U of A Med School is quoted here saying in this paper, in this story, that only well-fitting N95 or KN95 masks will be effective at preventing COVID transmission in public indoor areas and that a surgical or cloth mask, quote, won't do much at all this point, close quote. Cloth and surgical masks won't do much at all this point. So all those proud wearers and shamers with their cloth masks and their blue surgical masks, you were fooled. We told you you were. You told us we were crazy and anti-science, putting other people at risk. And then starting last year and now fully this year, the consensus is in. Those cloth and blue surgical masks, worthless. All of you who said we were putting other people at risk, you owe us an apology. Will there be apologies for the shaming and mudslinging and assumptions against the normal and non-paranoid who chose not to be walking billboards of panic and infection? No, there will be no apologies. And Joe Biden will not and was not banned, will not be and was not banned from social media for broadcasting several times last year that a vaccination will save you from sickness, hospitalization or death. We just go on and on, as Steve Bishop saying, on and on. I just keep on trying. And I, sm- and I smile when I feel like dying. On and on, on and on, on and on, on and on. There's only one way to stop this, folks, to actually stop it. And November, take a sledgehammer to this regime and confederacy of dunces. And make choices now in the primaries that get you and the rest of us to be able to launch that new birth of truth and freedom this November. Then, to borrow from Kipling again, maybe we can be men again or at least human. But you won't be a journalist or a public health expert, at least not the kind the culture respects. For those things, you have to be more confusing, if not wrong, than right. Anything that serves the panic, which serves the fundamental transformation, shame, and isolation. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Parts of the show are brought to you by the good people at Y-Refi. They are good people. They're doing really well by doing really good, and you can be too. If you're interested in this unique investment opportunity, it's a fixed, no-load interest rate, up to 10.25% for investors, all in a collateralized, secure portfolio. Y-Refi is a due diligence-approved firm, and you can check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, then R-E-F-Y. Or give them a call at 855-316-3087. 855-316-3087. Kind of astounding 
that uh, piece in the Arizona Republic, when you look at it and all it entails, especially the fact that we're going to be pressured to put masks on again. I don't know if, uh, Bill, you saw or if anyone else saw flying around this uh, sign in um, the New York subways. Uh, Bill, I, you, you probably don't, but it's a yellow sign. It's a uh, stick figure holding up a middle finger. The stick figure is masked. Have you seen this? Can you see it? I don't know if you can see it from there. And the sign says, just put a damn mask on while on the train. Is it really that hard? Question mark. COVID-19 is still spreading and your selfish behavior isn't making this easier. It's been over two years. Figure it the EFF out and stop being a jerk. Ignorancio Alenche, pushing back against an argument that's never been made. Now, what's interesting about that sign isn't just its crudeness or its crassness. I guess it's New York and they feel that that's okay, that's cheeky, that will appeal, what, to children? I don't know. It, it is an appeal to children. What would that be in Latin? What would that fallacy be? Uh, ignorantio. Oh, my gosh. We'll have to think of it, whatever children is. I'm going to have to uh, figure that one out in a little bit. But in any event, they have this sign. Just put a damn mask on while on the train. Is it really that hard? Now, they also have signs on drug use in the New York City subways. They have a woman saying, don't be ashamed you are using. Be empowered that you are using safely. And then it sends you directions on how to get to or find a safe use center. Safe use what? Safe use of injecting heroin. Safe use of injecting opioids. That's Don't be ashamed you are using. Be empowered that you are using safely. That they want you to do. But with COVID, just put a damn mask on while on the train. Is it really that hard? You know, what if we, what if we actually cared about public health in this country or in the city of New York? What if we actually cared? You know what we would do if we actually cared? We would reverse the messages of those signs. That's what we would do. We would have messages on not using drugs rather than having the city, which is to say the people, which is to say the public, you know, the taxpayers, the citizens, endowing safe use sites, safe use sites that continue the addiction, safe use sites that have nothing to say about prevention and nothing to say about recovery, safe use sites that continue the use of an unsafe drug, an unsafe drug. This is why Bill and I and a few others don't say drug overdose drug overdose anymore. We just don't use the phrase overdose anymore. There's there's no safe dose of an unprescribed opioid. There just isn't. It's a poisoning and people are poisoning themselves. We're focusing on the wrong stuff again here folks and we're shaming the wrong people, which is a shame on what used to be a great city and can be a great country once again. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Every day, more harmful decisions by the current administration hurt the economy, robbing your savings and investments. It's almost criminal. Inflation's at a 40-year high, making your money worth less, and now there's a very real possibility of a full-blown recession. You can't afford to lose more. The good news is when investments fall, gold traditionally holds its value, which is why I recommend calling the Midas Gold Group, the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group, to talk about safeguarding your wealth with physical gold. I own some from the Midas Gold Group, and you can too. 
economic uncertainty, it's not going to change soon. There's no miraculous recovery on the horizon, no matter what politicians say. Protect yourself and your family. Diversify your investments before you lose more by purchasing physical gold or other precious metals with the only gold company I recommend, Midas Gold Group. MidasGoldGroup.com. That's 480-360-3000, 480-360-3000, or check them out at MidasGoldGroup.com. I was uh, speaking with uh, John Hinderocker uh, offline a little bit and uh, about a couple of his columns at the Powerline blog. And one of them kind of relates to what the monologue was at the top of this hour. It's called Journalism Then and Now. This this is a hell of an interesting story. It's really the dog that didn't bark. Uh, last week, Joe Biden, speaking on speaking on Roe versus Wade and trying to reestablish protections at the federal level for the uh, right to abortion. We can call it a right to abortion. We just can't call it a constitutional right to abortion. Let me pause on that moment, on that for a moment. There was a story even in Fox News that uh, mentioned uh, the constitutional right to an abortion. There isn't really a constitutional right to abortion. There's there's a judge made or a judicial made right to an abortion uh, and what the judges created in 1973, they uncreated this year. They reversed themselves on this year. It was never constitutional. It never pretended to be in the Constitution or a constitutional right. The justices had to admit that they were creating it out of other sentiments, if not whole cloth, but other sentiments to be sure. So it's just not accurate to call something a constitutional right that's not in the Constitution unless there is some kind of centuries-old or decades-old universal agreement on said constitutional right that has been read into an amendment like perhaps the 14th Amendment or perhaps the First Amendment. It's a closer call. It's a closer call when you start talking about things like freedom of expression, but freedom of speech is in the Constitution, and the judges have just gotten lazy and started calling it freedom of expression, expression in part to expand what is considered speech in this country. But in any event, my longer and shorter point here is this. My, <laughs> my short point that I've made long is this. You can't call something a constitutional right that's not in the Constitution. You can call it a judicially created right, and that's fine. But that's what it is. Joe Biden was speaking, though, as if it were a constitutional right. Hard to do that, too, isn't it, once the Supreme Court has said it isn't. But, you know, this is the party of nullification, the Democratic Party. That is the party of nullification. If you don't like a drug law, just uh, change it at the local level. If you don't like the immigration law, just don't enforce it and let locals have what they call sanctuary cities, which I call nullification cities. So in any way, in any event, Joe Biden gives a speech uh, last week on federalizing a right to abortion. And he tells a very sad story, argumentum ad misericordum, about a 10-year-old rape victim, a 10-year-old girl who's a rape victim in Ohio who had to travel to Indiana to terminate her pregnancy to get an abortion. You familiar with this story? Have you seen it or heard of it? It was a big deal. Everyone covered it, and it's flowing throughout, or did at least, flow throughout the Twitterverse, much like Cassandra speaking about uh, Donald Trump having to grab the steering wheel 
of the limousine or his SUV uh, to go to the Capitol on January 6th. It was just taken for granted that it happened and that this is a true story. And then, you know, it starts falling apart because it should start falling apart. And when I come back from the break, I'll tell you how it fell apart. This is a White House that is lying to you on a daily basis and will not, will not correct the record, will not check fact-check itself and will not be fact-checked by the Washington Post. Washington Post didn't fact-check this at all. It just wrote up the story saying there are these disagreements. Well, I'll tell you what the disagreements are. They're everything about this story. We'll be right back. Well, the kids in America are being lied about by the president of the United States, as I was just mentioning uh, in the previous segment. The president, Joe Biden, gives a speech last week talking about the sad tale uh, of a 10-year-old rape victim in Ohio uh, and because of Ohio's laws, couldn't uh, terminate the pregnancy, so had to travel out of state to do so and that this will be the future of America. The problem is the tale is totally – the story is completely unverifiable and doesn't make sense at all. Megan Fox over at Pajama Media's, excuse me, Megan Fox over at Pajamas Media or Pajama Media <coughs> has uh, has done the hard work here that the major news networks in a better day would have. Uh, John Hinderacher writes, the legend of the 10-year-old rape victim made its way around the world, appearing in publications as disparate as the Washington Post, TMZ, The Guardian, The Hill, and countless more. Finally, being retold, of course, as I said, by Joe Biden in his speech on abortion last week. And not one of these publications, not one, including the White House, made any attempt to verify the story before putting it out there, before disseminating it. The most we can say is the story could possibly be true. But there are so many elements to it that you would think the weight of the facts behind it or the weight of the narrative behind it would make you want to chase it down to see if it's true. Uh, Think about it this way. There's only one source, only one source for this story, and it's a physician in Ohio, one physician in Ohio who won't give us obviously any names or anything like that about a 10-year-old girl who was raped in Ohio. Um, So what we have here is the predominance of a narrative over truth in the liberal press. Think about it this way. How many times have you ever heard in the history of the world of a 10-year-old girl getting pregnant in the first place? Well, it can happen. It can happen. It's rather unusual. But now think about this. If you live in Ohio... And there's a 10-year-old girl who's been raped and impregnated in that rape. Isn't there another element here? There's a child rapist on the loose. Is anyone interested in this at all whatsoever? Is there any law enforcement agency whatsoever hunting this down, putting out an alert? This should be big news if true. And no, no law enforcement agency is. No law enforcement agency in Ohio is aware of this. 
Steve Hayward wrote in on John Hinderocker's covering it, saying, what we see here, of course, is the predominance of narrative over truth. Think about how the Washington Post used to handle stories like this. In 1981, there was a famous Pulitzer-winning story called Jimmy's World about a supposed eight-year-old heroin addict. That story was believed because it conformed to liberal stereotypes, like the current story. Under Ronald Reagan's America, you had eight-year-old heroin addicts. That was the pitch. That was the cast in those days. That story fell apart really quickly, and the Washington Post fired the reporter who wrote it. Her name was Janet Cook. It's a big deal in Washington Post history and in Washington, D.C. journalism. And the Pulitzer Committee also retracted the prize for the story, something they, of course, won't do on anything having to do with the collusion affair. But they did back in those days. There was a sense of responsibility and a sense of integrity back in those days. That was then, and this is now. In 1981, the Washington Post at least pretended to be a reliably and reasonably objective news source and acted accordingly. Those days are long gone, and today the Post and the New York Times, like the Arizona Republic and other liberal outlets, have abandoned any pretense of accuracy whatsoever. It's all narrative, all the time. The 10-year-old rape victim is Joe Biden's story, and they're sticking to it. I think it would be a hell of a story for someone in Ohio to try and hunt down this rapist of 10-year-old girls. I would not feel safe living in Ohio, and I don't know why anyone in the Washington Press Corps or anyone in the Ohio Media Corps, Ohio Journalism Corps, isn't hunting this down as a matter of, as a matter of very serious crime. Well, because they aren't is exactly the reason you know how this story just can't possibly be true. All we have is the testimony of one activist doctor who claims to have tried to treat or claims to have treated this 10-year-old. Nothing else. You know, it's a funny thing about the White House. There, was, uh, there, was, there, there would have been a time where a speech that the president was going to give would go through fact check after fact check and then policy check after policy check. Think about the story just as one that comes to mind, uh, maybe even your mind. Think about the story that's uh, about Ronald Reagan's tear down this wall speech. I mean, he says in the speech, General Secretary Gorbachev, tear down this wall. It gets taken out by the National Security Council types. He puts it back in. It gets taken out again. It gets put back in. Another department takes it out again. And he finally puts the line in and says it. That's very standard and typical for sentences in a presidential speech, whether it's given here or abroad. And that's over something that's just opinion having to do with what policy it might change, what policy it might enhance, what policy it might initiate. It's not even over facts, but that's the kind of rigor presidents usually have to go through or presidencies usually have to engage in, <coughs> excuse me, to put out some kind of fact. <coughs> excuse me. You know, one of the pet peeves Bill and I have here is the word factoid is misused all the time. It doesn't mean a small fact. It means a fake fact. Maybe this can be the image 
of the President Biden uh, of the President Biden uh, tenure full of factoids, not little facts, but lots of little lies. Be right back. Missed that voice. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. For those on the podcast, that voice was Eddie Money. Uh, just just a great voice. Sorry uh, that we lost him recently. Anyway, in uh, thinking about uh, my talk with uh, John Hinderocker and uh, a small point that says a big thing about society uh, and Brett Kavanaugh being harassed out of a restaurant – and that restaurant now, you know, taking all kinds of incoming. I, I don't know. There's all kinds of guerrilla attack, guerrilla warfare attacks, guerrilla uh, political uh, attacks on on Morton's uh, Steakhouse in D.C. Uh, you know, fake reservations, etc. You know, destroying a business that's been so hit, destroying a life like Brett Kavanaugh's, which has been hit again and again and again. First, his hearings. Then, of course, uh, the protests in front of his house, the assassination attempt, with the pre- which the president of the United States won't even mention or denounce, uh, to now being harassed out of a restaurant. This personal is political business. We're going to spend some more time on that over the weeks to come because it is quickly becoming the, uh, political, uh, the political point of our time, the political point of, um, of, of, of practice – not just protest, but practice. Every part of the human being is considered political now. This is a Marxist concept. It was first, as I as I as I've mentioned before, it was first put out by a radical feminist named Shulamit Firestone. If you're trying, let me. I'll just I'll just close with this thought. If you're trying to understand why kindergartners, uh, uh, excuse me, why kindergarten teachers on TikTok are crying in Florida about not being able to share about their sex lives with their five-year-old charges. If you wonder why they're crying about that, it's because to them they've already absorbed the personal is political. To them, everything about their lives must have relevance to everyone in their lives, and it must come with a political point, even to the point of codependency and the need for reaffirmation, emotional safety from five-year-olds. That's where it leads you. All right. Until tomorrow, thank you for spending some of your time with us. I'm Seth Leibson. God bless you all, and class is dismissed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.